Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Isn't God's word good? Amen. You know, it truly is our heart that we aren't just leading you in, in some songs that have a good rhythm and a good sound with an anointed team but that we're truly leading you in the way that God wants us to think and the way that God wants us to align our thoughts. And really, that's what it comes down to. When he makes the statement, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, he's not speaking on a matter that I'm way up here in the clouds and you're never going to understand me. He's saying, you've got to elevate your thinking. You've got to align your thinking. And that's what this series is all about. This is the series that we stretch every year called Stretch, where we want to stretch our thinking, stretch our faith, stretch our believing. And as you, as you will see, as we go on, stretch our action, stretch our responses to God's word, obedience to God's word, amen? Because a word that is heard but not applied, not obeyed, well, it's gonna lie dormant in our lives. It's not going to do as this word says. Now, his word will produce, but for for us to see it produce in our lives, we've got to associate action with what we say we believe. And so last week we dealt with, we kind of set the pace you know, in Isaiah chapter 54, uh, beginning there in verse 1, you know, we, we base this series on verse 2. And I've, I've done this every year that we've, we've done this. I always start with enlarge your tents, right? Stretch out the curtains. That's, that's kind of the, the paramount verse for this series. But if you back up to verse 1, you realize that he's speaking to a people that haven't been stretching lately. In fact, they've had some very negative circumstances and they have faced some very big obstacles. Now, if you know about the story of Israel, you know that they were in this predicament because they abandoned the Lord. We end up in those situations because we abandon him. He does not abandon us. You understand that. He, He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. But sometimes we wander off and sometimes we find our own way and we find our own path, but he's saying to them, I'm bringing you back. I'm calling you back. And he's saying uh, that you have up until this time, you've only known barrenness. You've only known emptiness. You've only known the, the lack of bearing, the lack of fruitfulness, the lack. And, and I'm calling you to enlarge your tents once again. And what a powerful word that was last week. And if you happen to miss, you definitely want to go in and check it out. Because if we don't deal with the, with the mindset of barrenness, we will attach that to everything we go through. And what it does is it causes us to limit God in our thinking. It, we be, we, it causes us to think small, believe small, think little of a big God. And we know he can do big things, but we confine him to a small space because you don't want to face disappointment again. 
You don't want to endure the lack of unmet uh, or unmet expectation, the lack of meeting expectation, putting your faith out there, believing uh, uh, that God will hold his word true, that he will do what we're singing and what we're saying. You, you want to, to believe big and expand your thinking, but circumstance after circumstance and negative moment after negative moment and, 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 and these things begin to condition you. And as Romans chapter 12, verse two tells us that we conform to our thinking or we allow our thinking to conform to pressure or to challenge or to trial or to the issues of life. And now you're allowing the challenges of life to inform your thinking rather than the word of God. And we do this with reason, and we do this virtuously. We, we don't just come out and say, I'm just going to think small. We, we, we have allowed, this is Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving season. Um, sometimes we allow gratitude to become an invitation for settling for small things. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just, just thankful. I'm just thankful he got me this far. You know, we even make statements like, if he never did another thing. Well, guess what? He's got a lot of things he still wants to do for your life. And I understand the thought behind it. I understand the, the motive. Man, I just want to be grateful for where I'm at. But don't allow gratitude to become an invitation to live below where God wants to take you. Don't use gratitude as an excuse to just settle for just base living. Just thankful I'm here. You're here. <laughs> and he's got a big vision for you. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper. I mean, he's got so much in store. And the reason why we do this toward the end of the year is because, you know, a lot of times, guys, we end up at this time of the year, the last quarter, last 90 days, 60 days, 30 days, and it's more filled with regret than challenge to finish strong. It's more filled with, man, in January, I had all these passions and all these desires and, and all these thoughts and all these plans for the year. And, and we've wound up here in November and December, and we just look back with what wasn't accomplished. Well, what, does, what can God do in the next 45 days that are left in this year? What can God do with the remainder of this? He can redeem it. And so that's why we, we challenge us at the end of the year because I'm a firm believer. You hear me say it all the time. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And how you end one thing is how you'll begin the next. And your 2024 is relying on how you're gonna finish 2023. And you may have faced real hardship this year, real challenge, biggest challenge of your life. We, 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 we could say that many of us can have those moments about the year, but how are you gonna, what you do with the remainder of this year is up to you. It's not what happened to you. It's what you do with what happened to you. And that's why we're stretching at the, anybody can stretch at the beginning of a thing. Anybody can stretch their thinking in January. You do it and you write them down and you call them resolutions. Guys, that's stretching. That's stretching. What do I, what do I want to believe for this year? What, what do I want to see? But, but what you don't realize is you, you left the last year without momentum to drive you into the resolutions that you say you want to accomplish in 2024. And you're going to burn out on those things by February 1. It's all connected. It's all 
cyclical. It's all just, it's sending you, how you're ending one thing is sending you into the next thing. And I want to send us into 2024 strong. That's why we talk about vision. Anybody can talk about vision in January. That's easy. Can you talk about it in the middle of it? When, when, when where you started is off in the distance and where you're going to end up is off in the distance. And it's like, I don't know where I'm at, right? I don't know north from south, east from west. I, I don't know what's going on, right? Can you still live with vision in those months? This is when we need to be spurred on to these things. And so we're going to face these challenges head on. And, and he's calling it a nation that has only known barrenness and only known emptiness and only known the lack of fruitfulness. He's now saying enlarge, 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 increase, 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 expand, expand, expand. I want you to see where I'm taking you because where you are now is not where you're going to stay. I've got great plans ahead of you. I've got great things in store for you. Amen. And so... Uh, we read there just to, uh, let's re, uh, reread those verses in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. I've quoted them, but let's read them together. Enlarge the place of your tent, he says. And let them stretch out. Everyone say stretch out. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Look at the investment that he wants them to make. The investment that he's calling on. Not just small little incremental steps. Do not spare. Spare no expense. Spare no expense. Now, that's, that's, that's easy to say if you have an endless bank account, but when we think limitation, we become misers. We become, you know, we start picking and choosing. I remember when we, when we uh, found this space, we found this building. We had a certain amount of money in the bank when we signed the lease. And it was not enough to do near enough of what we knew we ultimately wanted to do. And so we had a list of projects that we knew this building was gonna need. How many of you were with us in the old space when we transitioned to this space? I still I some hands, awesome, awesome. And so when we were leaving uh, Highway 84, 2314, US Highway 84, Suite A and Suite B, Uh, the entire church that we had could fit inside this room alone. And so, man, we're, we're and, and stretch started, I think, in 2016, and that was 2017. So a year later, we, we, a year prior, we started preaching stretch and expansion and reaching. Uh, maybe some of y'all re, uh, remember this statement and see if I can quote it right. If you will, if you will increase your stretch, you will expand your reach was what the Lord told us. If you will increase your stretch, you will expand your reach. Everyone lift your hand as high as you can go. Higher, higher. Now, why didn't you do it the first time? And that I said as high as you could go. I said that the first time, that was the instruction. And everyone went, why? Because if you increase your stretch, you expand your reach. You can reach further. That's what, that's what the Lord told us. You need to increase your stretch. And he gave us this verse, enlarge your tents, stretch out your curtains, 
Why? Because there's more parts of Valdosta that I want you to reach. There's more parts of Lowndes County I want you to reach. There's more of South Georgia and, and North Florida I want you to reach. There's more. And so you got to stretch that thing out. Stretching is good. It's usually the most skipped part of any workout, but it should be, it's a part. It, the workout doesn't begin after the stretch. The workout begins with the stretch. And if you will stretch, you would be amazed at how much further you can Reach, well, we, man, expand, 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 increase, 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 stretch, 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 grow, 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 great. But the bank account wasn't stretching, 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 and expanding, expanding, and increase. And so, you know, we, we had a budget, right? Budgets are good. Start with where you're at. And I think originally on that budget was bathrooms. I don't know. It was about a $25,000 budget. Is, is literally what we had sitting in the bank. It was like, okay, we're going to start with that. I think it was bathrooms and, and maybe some children's classrooms. It wasn't a stage. It wasn't these nice cushy chairs you're sitting on. It wasn't the paint. It, it, it wasn't the beautiful opening because most of you don't know. All that glass was, we put that there. This thing was a warehouse. This thing was a, a closet. It was dark. There was no light coming in. Nothing, right? And we just believed. We just believed the Lord. We believed the Lord. I remember New Year's Eve, 2017, we had just signed the lease, <clears throat> I don't know, a week before that. It was right before Christmas Eve. We signed the lease, and they gave us 90 days to go in and, and do some construction. So our target was March 1, 2018. We're gonna be in that building. We're gonna be occupying it. Here's the things we need to have in place just to have service. Need some classrooms, need bathrooms. But I mean, you know, we had architectural drawings and plans. We had everything in place. But now you just need the account to catch up. Your faith isn't limited by the account. The account's limited by your faith. And so I remember New Year's, New Year's Eve, we were talking and we just, we threw out a number. We just said, how, how much more would we need? How much more would we need if, uh, to, to do X, Y, and Z? And again, we're just going through the list of projects saying, which ones can we pick off? Which ones can we, can we attack that are the most, Need, need the most priority. We got to have bathrooms. You, you got to have children's spaces. You know, you're, you're looking at the must-haves at that point. New Year's Eve, it was, I think it was a Sunday night. It was a Sunday night because we had Sunday morning service. That's the point of the story. Sunday morning service, that morning, had a New Year's Eve service. And regular service, I mean, you know, nothing special. Had some new families visit that day. And uh, in fact, there was one new family that came that day and we didn't even get a chance to talk to them. But I, I saw them in service. Remember, the sanctuary is half the size of this room. And so and uh, so we're on the, I'm, I'm up watching New Year's Eve stuff, sitting on the couch. And I, I got a message on my phone. Back then, our online giving was through PayPal. And so when you gave online, I would get a notification from PayPal on my phone and uh, it said donation of $20,000. Well, that was the number we had just picked out. Literally the number. We said if we had 20,000 more, 45,000, 
we could, we could knock these things off. And when we say God can do, we mean God can do. And that message popped up, and I'm like, must be getting late. I mean, we're talking like 11.30, 11.40. It's almost midnight. On top of that, it was from an individual. We had no idea who it was. I started making phone calls. I was like, well, first off, I was blinking my eyes a lot. And my, my, I, I counted the zeros. Is that the right amount? Is that 2,000 or 20,000? Never seen a donation that size in, in just one drop like that. And so then we start making phone calls. I'm thinking, surely this was for St. Augustine because they're trying to buy a mall. So I'm like, you know, surely this is for St. Augustine. Making phone calls. Nobody knows who this is. So finally my wife is like, well, let's just look up children's check-in to see if anyone by this name or email checked in their children today. And sure enough, they did. It was the family that I did not even meet that morning. On top of that, I remember specifically, I did not mention anything about a building, raising, I'd made no pull whatsoever. If you give by tonight at midnight, you know, I didn't do anything like that. Didn't promise anybody water from Israel or, you know, special, special book or, <laughs> right? I had, I had no, no compulsion whatsoever. I didn't even mention it. Eventually, you know, the, the following week, we found out who it was. It's like, they said, you know, we just loved your church. I mean, and the, and the first time they came. Crazy stuff, right? You know, what we call a miracle, God calls normal. When we say stretching your thinking, it's just trying to get to his level of thinking. My ways are higher. I don't see a way. God says, I got a way. I got a way. But it's higher than yours. It's higher than yours. It's greater than yours. He said, enlarge. And then, just to continue that story, within the next 14 days, another 50,000 came in. We had nearly $100,000. And, 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 and so my point was, at the spare no expense, we got into spare no expense mode. Looked at my wife, I said, get it, pick it out, do it. Now it was a matter of time. Can we do all this within? Now we weren't dealing with the money issue. We were just dealing with the time issue. What was the priority that needed to be done for the city to allow us to occupy this building and have church here? And sprinkler systems had to go in and classrooms were being built and bathrooms were being remodeled and floors were being cut down and paved and whatever because uh, it was carpet in here. Things were being painted. But, but at that point, we just started picking and choosing what we wanted to get done. It took all the pressure off. Wouldn't you love that if you got into a project and you didn't have to pick and choose? And that's what he's saying. Spare no expense. Make it how you would make it if the money was there. Build it how you would build it. Dream it how you would dream it. And stop limiting me to the confines of your time frames and your bank accounts. And it, well, this person left and that person quit and, and they walked out on me. And man, leave all that behind. And God says, spare no expense. That's your word for today. Spare no expense. 
How would you love somebody if you could spare no expense? How would you believe in that thing if you spared no expense? How would you dream again if you spared no expense? That's what he's calling us to. He's saying, stretch it out. Say, stretch it out. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. He says, I'm going to have you inhabiting cities that you don't even belong to you right now. You're going to take hold of things that aren't even in your possession yet. Dreaming big. Stretching big. And so we took care of the barrenness mindset last week because barrenness will cause you to pull up those tent pegs and bring them in in, in, in a smaller uh, confine, in a smaller environment for God to do. And you're still believing, but not believing to the fullest. You're still dreaming, but not dreaming to the fullest. You're still thinking what you think is big, but we find out in the next chapter, everyone turn over to Isaiah 55. We just read it. Isaiah 55. Verse eight says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. So the first place he has to go to get us to expand and to increase us, because you can't, you will never live beyond your level of thinking. If you're limited in your thinking, you'll be limited in your living. If we don't expand in our thought life, we won't expand in our actual life, our physical life. It all first takes place in the mind. If the, if the mind weren't important, there wouldn't be any need to renew it. We wouldn't have the, the effort and the energy that the word of God shows us that this thing needs to be renewed. My ways are, my, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways, uh, or he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what we need then is we need, a, we need an alignment of thinking the way God thinks. We need an alignment of thinking the way God thinks. This is what needs to be addressed first. The imagination, the thought life. We dealt with the barrenness mindset, but now I wanna to talk to you today about the repentance, the renewed mind, the renewed mind, because it is the renewed mind that becomes the pathway for God to move in your life. It is the renewed mind that becomes the pathway for God to move in your life. But on the flip side, it can also be the blockage where he cannot move in your life. God has proven time and time again in all of his sovereignty, in all of his power, in all of his might, in all of his authority, as the greatest being in the universe, the most powerful 
everywhere all the time, all-knowing, all-powerful. The one thing God will not override is one's thought life. It's the one thing he will not touch. It's the one thing he will not override or circumvent. It's the one thing that he takes his hands off of and says, this is my command, this is my will, this is my word, this is what I wanna see done, this is what I want you to produce, these are the plans that I have, but it's up to you. It's up to your thinking. It's up to your ability to align with, what, with my ways. The one thing I will not do is override your thinking. And if you can't align your thinking with his, then we may in fact restrict the most powerful being in the universe. We may in fact tie the hands of the greatest entity in the entire universe with a with an unruled thought life, with an untamed thought life, with a thought life that continues to think out of line of God's purpose rather than in line with God's purpose. He's letting you know. Uh, he continues to say, uh, there in verse 10, he says, for as the rain comes down in the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. So he tells you the power of his word that it will produce. My word will perform. But if your thoughts don't come into alignment with my word, it's not gonna produce. They're not going to be, the, the results will not be evident in your life. The thinking component of this matter. You could call this week part two, week one, part two. Because we have to recognize the challenge of the barrenness mindset. We've got to recognize that barrenness, if it continues to be uh, rehearsed and memorized and takes power in your life, you will limit God. And the first place you begin to limit God is in your thinking. We saw last week in Ephesians chapter three that God can do now to him who is able to do far above or exceedingly abundantly or far beyond what? All I can ask or And so this thinking component it's pretty important. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher. And again, he's not saying this in a manner of don't even attempt, don't even try. It's not worth the effort. You're never gonna make it up here. He's saying, man, you've got to expand your thinking because I've got bigger plans than you even think. I can do far greater than you can imagine. I can go beyond, but it starts with the thinking and the asking, it starts with what, you, what role you play. You could say it this way, that God's power is the capacity, but your thinking is the context. I'll say that again, God's power is the capacity, but your thinking is the context. 
And so at the end of the day, his capacity is being placed within your context. His ability, his power, as powerful as it is, it's like a stream that runs in, in between the banks of your thoughts, in between the bank, and, and however wide or however thin your context is determines within which his power can operate. You're placing and you're giving context to God's power. Well, he can do it if, or he did it for them, but not for me. The Israelites gave God context in the wilderness. Two of them had expansive thinking. Two of them had out of this world thinking. Two of them said, we are well able to take the, take the land. We are well able to take the territory. But 10 of them, 10 of them came back with more restricted confines. Same God, same power, same ability, same word, same word that will perform that which it is sent to do. Same word that will not return void, but it will accomplish what it is sent to accomplish. The same word that waters the ground, the same word that, that, that provides a seed to the eater, the, the same word that has the power for the 10 produce much less than for the two. And it wasn't a different God it wasn't a different circumstance. They were looking at the same land and they were believing the same word, but 10 of them put much greater restriction to God's word. Confined God's power, God's capacity to a much tighter context. And where Joshua and Caleb said, he'll do it. And then some, 10 of them said, we're just but grasshoppers in their eyes and refused, refused. And guess what? They got exactly what they believed. They got exactly what they thought and they died in the wilderness, unfruitful, bearing no harvest. It's an easy question this morning. Do you want to be the two or do you want to be the 10? I want to be the two. I want to have expansive thinking. I want to have an expansive imagination. You know, imagination is one of those things that as a child, it's adored. What an imagination, right? That's what we say. What an incredible imagination. But as you get older, if you think that way, it's like you're out of your mind. I'm going to be president of the United States. As a two-year-old, but as a 20-year-old, it's like, nah, you're crazy. Right? I mean, kids, when they draw their houses, they draw big houses. They have big plans. Everything's on the table. And it's like as we get older, things start coming off the imagination table. Like, well, that can't happen. I don't have that ability. I didn't grow up there. I didn't graduate from there. I don't have that skill. I don't. And we start taking stuff, and we are more familiar with what we can't do than, what with, than with what we can do. We become extremely familiar with our senses, using our senses to bring us into reality, so much so that we have zero imagination for what's possible and for what, for what God can really do in our lives. 
And there's no stretching component anymore. There's no believing component anymore. There's no dreaming component. And we have a lot of naysayers and very few encouragers these days. We have a lot of people that will bring out the negative something, but they, of something but cannot find the positive in something. They can't even imagine. And so this world becomes, or this word, this book becomes very either much familiar with what God used to do or very familiar with what God is going to do, but we have very little context for what God can do in the here and now. In this moment, he used to heal, and one day I'm gonna live in a place where there is no sickness and there is no pain, but right now, and so then we meet any sense because this word is always gonna bring your imagination to the fullest. This word is always gonna speak beyond your reality because God operates by faith. That's what this is about, big faith, believing big. God always operates by faith and he's never just going to merely speak to the situation you're in now. He's always trying to move you from where you're at to where you're going. And he's not taking you backwards. But we've got so much in our lives, so much reality and so much experience and so much of that barrenness mindset that we talked about that it, it, it restricts the flow of God's power to move and it becomes so tight. You know what happens if the banks get too tight, it cuts it off, cuts off the flow altogether. We got a spiritual heart attack because we've restricted the flow to the lifeline that's breathing life into your purpose, into your existence, into your performance, into your ability, into your activity. All this stuff is attached to being able to imagine and dream and believe big. It's all attached to that. And we do this virtuously because the enemy, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, the enemy doesn't just bombard you with thoughts or ideas or imaginations that are just outright evil and wicked. He finds ways to make them look reasonable. He finds ways to, look at even, to make it look even virtuous. I just gave you an example where we use gratitude as an invitation to settle. I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful I got a roof over my head. We can make these statements even out of a, a position of proper motive to begin, but over time, it's created small thinking. Over time, it's caused us to settle in. And the enemy's introducing these ideas. God is not a small God. I said, God is not a small God. You can say what you want about, uh, you know, ministers and, and, and pastors and preachers that have access to things. That, that seems to be the easy target today. The moment they get a nice car, the moment they, they, they get a nice house, the moment, uh, you know, that uh, they get a plane, that seems to be a big one, you know, pastors and preachers with planes, you know, why would they need a and the And the first thing we think of is all the little uh, towns in Africa that we could be helping instead of buying that plane. The, 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 we, we, I'm telling you right now, 
at the end of the day, it's the motive of the individual. If you want the thing for the thing, that's all you're gonna get, is you're gonna get the thing. I don't care how big the thing is. Then people just want big stuff for the sake of having big stuff. They don't need it. It's not part of their assignment. It's not part of their calling. I can tell you right now, I've, I've done some commercial traveling and I can greatly see the restrictions that would come into play if God has called you to go around the world and has called you to that kind of ministry where the limitations come off having your own plane. I know ministers that have their own plane. I know their hearts and I know their efforts and I know the times that they have used that plane uh, uh, for things that weren't even within their ministry. They were helping somebody else with it. But there's no way Pastor Hagen could be in Tulsa on a Sunday morning and in Valdosta Sunday after Oklahoma last week flying commercial. It ain't happening. We just went to a men's conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma last weekend and uh, the guys in St. Augustine we're leaving Daytona Beach and we were leaving Valdosta. There was four of us that went. We were leaving Valdosta and we were supposed to meet in Atlanta and all be on the same flight from Atlanta to Tulsa. I'm texting pastor, hey, see you in just a little bit, you know, looking forward, you know, let's grab some breakfast at the Atlanta airport, blah, 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 you know, having the conversation or what are we gonna do when we land in Tulsa? Well, then he texts me back and says, um, we're not gonna be in Tulsa until 11.02 p.m. And this is in the morning, this is 6 a.m. We were supposed to land in Tulsa at 9.30 a.m. And so I texted back. I said, you mean a.m.? Like I'm thinking a couple hour delay. He said, no, p.m. They hung out in Atlanta for 15 hours because they missed the time coming out of Daytona to connect in Atlanta with their tight little, you're racing from one train to the next trying to just match gate to gate. If you've ever flown through Atlanta, it's got like this little window of time in the twinkling of an eye, apparently, they're getting ready for the rapture. <laughs> apparently, the rapture's gonna lay over in Atlanta. And in the twinkling of an eye, we're gonna have you in heaven. No worry, guys. Get off Terminal E and get on Terminal D and we'll have you there in no time. And they missed it. Missed the entire day. What are you doing in Atlanta for 15 hours in the airport or whatever they ended up I think they got him a hotel or something just to hang out for the whole day because of an engine failure. Well, you know what? Having your own plane will fix that. It fixes that kind of stuff because God's called you to that ministry. But at the end of the day, many people fight those type of things because they just have a small thing, a small mindset of what God can do. I mean, you can't fill, feed the village in Africa and allow this person a means of travel that allows them to get the gospel out and move it from one place to the next faster than any commercial airline can provide for you? Of course you can. Why do we have a one or the other mindset? It's because we have a small mindset, a barrenness mindset, a poverty mindset, a lack mindset, a not enough mindset, a barely get along mindset, a barely just enough. And that's not the Bible. That's not the word that the Bible, that's not the God the Bible shows me. I don't see a barely enough. The, the richest people in the, in the world on this planet are mentioned here. Abraham was filthy rich, beyond as wild as mad, but it all started with a go. Where? I'll show you as you go. King Solomon asked for wisdom and he got riches along with that. Still no one's been on this planet as wealthy as King Solomon. 
What am I saying? That if we don't align our mindset, if we don't align our thinking, if we don't elevate our thinking, we won't elevate our living. I'm not saying God's calling you to buy a jet. I'm not saying God's calling you to buy the biggest house in the, in the neighborhood. I'm saying that God wants you to think beyond our limited scope of seeing in reality. And if you're not careful, if, if you don't allow the word to inform you, the world will be quick to do it for you. The devil will waste no time to step in and say, hey, uh, this is what he can do. This is what he's able well, he healed that person because it's da-da-da-da, but for you, it's going to take da-da-da-da. You start applying parameters and you start restricting the, 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 the banks of this river so restricted that eventually it's not going to be able to flow at all. Amen. In the message uh, translation for Isaiah chapter 55, I liked how some of this wording was in here. In verse 6, he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return. Everyone say return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Here it is. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Am I reading out of the, I'm not reading out of the message. Let's go to the message, like I said. Try that again, verse six. (laughs) Y'all had the message up there, didn't you? Y'all were doing exactly as you were told. I'm proud of you. That was a test. You passed. Our production team is on it today. Verse six, seek God. Everyone say, seek God. While he's here to be found, pray to him while he's close at hand. Let the wicked abandon. Everyone say, abandon. Their way of life and the evil their way of thinking. There's no blend. You abandon one for the other. Let them come back to God, who is merciful. Come back to our God, who is lavish with forgiveness. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree, for as the sky soars high above earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond, everyone say beyond, the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. Remember, we say this all the time. God doesn't speak something to uh, 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 say it. He speaks something to do it. God doesn't speak a word to just simply say something. God speaks a word to do something and to accomplish something. His word is his will. His word is God at work. But now it's your ability to connect with it. It's your ability to receive it. And he says, the first thing you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to abandon that old way of thinking. You're gonna have to abandon that old, those old ideas and those old imaginations. And the enemy is so quick to replace any thought of what God can do with the thought of lack 
with the thought of barely enough, with the thought of what won't happen rather than what can happen. Well, what if, what if I pray and I don't get healed? What if you pray and you do? Well, what if I pray and I don't get the car? Well, what if you pray and you do? Well, what if I sow and it doesn't come back to me? Well, what if you sow and it does? I mean, if we're asking one question, why aren't we asking the other side? That's because you've accumulated more evidence in your life that it doesn't work than it does. And the word is all the evidence you need, faith. Now, faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence. It is the evidence. And you're over here accumulating all this. Well, this time I prayed for my grandma and it didn't work. And, and this time we prayed and believed for this and it didn't show up. And so now you're, 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 you're in a courtroom providing all your evidence and God is saying, my word doesn't return void. My word accomplishes what I send it to do. But what do we gotta do? We've gotta abandon, let go of, this thinking, this renewed mind or this idea of, of mind renewal, of course, is found in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse two, we looked at it just a little bit last week. It says, and do not be conformed. Remember what we said about that word conformed? Is it, it, uh, it, it takes on the shape of the most recent pressure applied. That's what conforming means. Conforming is external. It's something from the outside, reshaping, molding, creating this, this, this barrier, if you will. But he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, transformed doesn't happen from the outside in. It happens from the inside out. You see the difference? See, if you are using all the external evidence as a reason why God's word doesn't work, you're starting from the wrong place because God's word works from the inside out, not the outside in. Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind that you may prove. That word prove is actually the word allow. It means to approve. It's actually the word allow, that you may allow what is good and acceptable and perfect. Good and acceptable and perfect. Not three different types of the will of God, three words that all explain the will of God. We understand that. There's not a, there's, well, I don't want the, I may not get the perfect, but I'll get the good. That's silliness. I have a truck outside, it's big, it's black, and it's fast. It's three words that describe my truck. It's the same truck. This is three words that describe the same will of God, his good, his perfect will of God. And now this uh, renewing of our mind is what opens up the context if you're having trouble believing big, imagining big, thinking big, you've got to open up the context. You've got to expand your thinking. You've got to stretch your imagination. Stretch your thinking. The renewed mind creates the framework within which God can do the impossible. 
The renewed mind, and this is what you need to understand about the renewed mind. The renewed mind is the sanctified mind. It's the delivered mind. An unrenewed mind is still bound. An unrenewed mind is still in bondage. Hear me today. Your unrenewed mind, any area that you have not or uh, will not renew your mind is where you will remain bound. God could get them out of Egypt, but he was unable to get Egypt out of them. They were free yet bound. They were delivered, but yet in bondage. And they were in a greater bondage in the wilderness than they were in, because here's the thing, oh, you gotta get this. As slaves, they were free because they believed. But they entered deliverance. But because they did not get their mind free and renew their mind to God's word, they, end, they ended up more bound in the wilderness than they were in slavery. You cannot bind a person by putting them behind bars. There's, there's quotes out there. I, I don't know who they're ascribed to and I, and I can't repeat them, recite them perfectly. But there's quotes along the lines of, 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 of there, there are more free men behind bars than there are. Y'all with me? Why? Because in their mind, they're free. You can put me in jail, but you can't take away my freedom. My freedom is in my mind. My freedom is in my thinking. You can take away every external liberty I have but I'm still free in my mindset. But in reverse, we've got many people that have every external liberty offered to them, available to them, but yet they're so locked up in their mind that they live more bound than any, free, than, than, than any uh, person behind a, a jail cell. Why? Because the mind needs to be renewed. God wants to do the impossible. With man, it may be impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. But what takes the words that we sing during worship on a screen, what makes them applicable and evident in our lives? It's when you take them to heart enough that they begin to renew your mind and change your thinking. The kingdom of God was so big in Matthew chapter four and verse 17, Jesus said, the only way you're gonna get the kingdom is if you first repent. Matthew four, verse 17, do we have that? Matthew four, verse 17. <clears throat> From that time, Jesus began to preach and say what? Repent, what does repent mean? It means to change your thinking. Repent does not mean come down to the altar and, and cry and be sorrowful for your sins. Repent means I change my thinking. I change my mind. And you know what? We ought to be repenting every day. There's plenty of times I've had to, uh, uh, you know, declare to the Lord, I repent for, for thinking that way. I repent for putting you in a box. I repent for, for restricting your movement. I repent for thinking too small. I repent. 
It, it demands repentance. repentance. Repentance literally means to change your mind, to change your thinking. His kingdom is so big that you have to repent to receive it. It does not fit in your confines. It does not fit in your limitations. It does not fit in your box. That's why things like what we saw last week, the move of the spirit and, and even some demonstrations, some physical demonstrations. People get hung up today in, in, in religious duty. We get hung up on different demonstrations. Now, of course, things need to be done in decent and in order. Of course, there is a, a rhythm to things. But I'm telling you right now, God is gonna blow your mind if you have to judge everything that he does off of the external alone. I mean, he parted Red Seas. A shepherd boy slays a Goliath, slays a giant. Uh, three men go into a fiery furnace, don't even smell like smoke. They're not even touched by the fire. People walk in on water and we're getting hung up on things like tongues. We're getting hung up on somebody running around the room. When the night before, you most likely were running around the room when your team scored that touchdown or won that game. It's amazing. We allowed this kind of stuff everywhere else but in church. You can dance and you can shout and you can hoot and holler everywhere else but here. In decency and in order. No, we're celebrating a victory. We're celebrating an overcoming I heard someone say uh, just yesterday, he said the difference between Christianity and every other religion is when we go to the tomb, ours is empty. You can go to the tomb of Muhammad, he's still there. Go to the tomb of Buddha, he's still there, right? You go to, the, you go to these other people's tombs, they're in there. Ours is not. He is not here. He has risen. Yeah. It ain't no bulldog or gator, or seminole, or patriot, or cowboy is going to get a bigger shout from me than my God. Not going to happen. It's not happening. And you know me, we love our sports. I was very quiet when the Texas Rangers won the World Series because it was late and everybody was in bed. And I have video to prove it because I filmed it. First one in 60 plus years. I was just, just, but man, on the inside, you're like, I've wanted to run around the house. I'm, just, I'm not gonna lie. But they didn't die for me. They didn't give their life for me. They didn't pay the ultimate price for me. We on the same page with that? So I'm not gonna allow any external demonstration how out of character it might seem to, to, to be the thing that I judge my God off of or judge this book off of. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna struggle with a lot of things in here if that's what we're hung up on. Amen. No, it demands repentance, a renewed thinking. All right, so let's, let's wrap this up. Hallelujah, Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. We're talking about the renewed mind. Renewing the mind. Let's just look at this unrenewed mind for a moment. Unrenewed. 
Verse five, Romans eight, verse five, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds, everyone say, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Guys, to be carnally minded is death. It's not just having a bad day. (laughs) It's not just, oh, you know, I don't really see it that way. No, it's death. It pays out. It's not leading you anywhere that's gonna produce life. The carnal mind is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You're not going to live out a stretched life. You're not gonna live out the plan of God, the great purpose and the great uh, uh, visions and the imaginations that he has unless those imaginations become your imaginations, unless his thoughts become your thoughts, unless his ways become your ways. He's not gonna override it. And they're in direct opposition. I'll tell you what, the, the, the devil has nothing on God, but an unrenewed mind will be, will be the thing that separates us from his plan and his purpose. I'm talking about a mind that sees miracles. I'm talking about a mind that believes that the Holy Spirit's dwelling within you, that the greater one is in you and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm talking about a mind that can imagine the great things that God is gonna do. I'm talking about a mind that is not set in and well, this is the best it's ever gonna be or the great days are in the past, but is believing that the best is yet to come. In the Passion Translation in verse five, those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. What is possible? What is he able to do? What is he willing to do? Those are typically the two areas where we challenge God in his nature. Can he and will he? Some of us believe he can, we don't believe he will. Some of us believe he would, but he can't. You need to believe that he can, you need to believe that he will. Become certain of that. For the sense and reason of the flesh. Oh, that's the big one. The sense and the reason. We allow our senses and our reasoning to talk us out of God's promises but we are just but grasshoppers in their sight. And you know why the multitude joined in with that? Because it made sense. It made way more sense. Now, you know what? We're not militaristic. We're just a bunch of former slaves. What do we know about fighting battles? What do we know about farming land? The land is vast. We're just a bunch of slaves. What what do we know about taking territory? We've been living in someone else's all this time. We don't even, we've never owned anything. Everything we had was just because it was given to us by a taskmaster or a Lord over us. And what did they do? They allowed their condition 
their circumstance, the external, to inform the future rather than God's word, rather than what God said. I'm giving you a land flowing with milk and honey. And guys, this is the thing. We go to this all the time. But even what they spied out verified what God said, and they still denied it. So if you're thinking, well, if God would show me this or if God would show me that, no, it won't. Because all you're doing is you're still limiting your belief system to what you see. And your belief system isn't limited to what you see. It's expanded by what God said. And now you've got to choose. You've got to choose what God said over what you see. You've got to make that choice. And we're already seeing God will not override that. If you want to live restricted by what's around you, he will let you. If you want to live by what it looks like, he will let you. If you want to live by what people say and think about you, he will let you. If you want to live by the affirmations and the approvals of a thumbs up on on an on a, on a Instagram page or a Facebook page, he will let you. Just know it's far below where he wants you to be, far below what he has for you. There's no stretch. But their senses and their reason of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life in peace. And that's a yielded control. You understand the difference? The Holy Spirit does not control and take over and force you. You yield it. You yield control and say, I surrender to that. I give you control. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. So what do we do? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's wind this down. My third closing. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm trying. I'm trying. I promise. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. That's the external. I may be living in the external, but I'm attached to something deeper. I'm not limited by the external. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down stronghold. Remember we said that you're still bound? Without a free mindset, you can still be living in bondage. And you can have every uh, uh, limitation lifted and you can have uh, every liberty given to you and still live bound. But they are mighty for pulling down strongholds. Verse five, casting down arguments. Everyone, everyone say arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. Do you know more of what can't happen than what can happen? Are you more familiar every time it didn't work than the times that it did work? Are you more familiar with the way of the world than the way of the word? Are you more familiar casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Worship team, if you'd make your way this way. The Amplified reads it this way. 
The Amplified reads it this way. For though we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction. I like that. For the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments, that's the resisting. You've got to put these things down. You've got to choose that those thoughts are not going to rule you. You're going to rule them. As we refute, um, where are we? Uh, um, refute arguments and theories and reasonings. You are going to have to come against what looks like it makes sense. You're going to have to come against, you're going to have to challenge what the senses are telling you. This is the way and the only way. This is the outcome and the only, you're going to have to come against that thing. You're going to have to surround yourself with people that aren't just telling you the sensical thing to do and the reasonable thing to do. Well, we're concerned about you. Oh, they're going to seem very concerned. They're going to seem like they've got your best interest at heart. And to the best of their ability, they do. But there's going to come a time where you're going to have to stand out on the waters with nothing to hold on to. There's, uh, there will be a time where his word is the only thing you have and it's all that you need. There's going to be a time where it doesn't make sense to take the territory. It doesn't make sense to go to war with someone much bigger than you. It doesn't make sense to pick a fight where there is no fight already. But you're gonna have to hear by the Holy Spirit and have a discernment. Oh, we need a discernment in these last days. A greater discernment. Because the reasonable, the sensible, the theoretical, it's not going to cut it. You're going to have to know on the inside with such a firm conviction. He's called me to it. He's called me to come through it. He didn't bring me this far to leave me here. There's much more in store. The world wants you to settle. Your mom wants you to settle. Stop trying. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Your friends are like, stop, stop, stop dreaming these big things. Stop going after. It, it, it's just, it's just causing you, it's just costing you regret. And it's, it's causing you to live unfulfilled and to feel empty. And you just know on the inside, I cannot settle here. I cannot live in this wilderness. I cannot settle in this valley. There's a mountain to take. There's a city to take. There's a giant to slay. There's something to overcome. There's a vision bigger than where I'm at right now. He says, return, repent from that old way of thinking. It's just producing death. It's just producing death. Would y'all stand with me? In just a moment of self-inventory, a moment of self-reflection, just you and the Lord. If you need to lift your hands, lift your hands. If you need to close your eyes, close your, whatever connects you with him right now in this moment. We're closing. I'm winding this thing down. Between you and the Lord, where have you settled? Between you and the Lord, where, are you, where do you need to repent in your thinking? God, you showed me that big vision, but I'm, I'm sorry. I just, 
I didn't see the possibility. I didn't see your capacity. I was restricting you. I closed the banks in on the river. I cut off the flow. Just take a personal inventory right now, just you and the Lord. Just a somber moment. Just a somber moment. He's wanting you to widen the banks again. He's wanting you to increase the flow again. He's wanting you to stretch out the tents again. Come on, don't be more familiar with the regret of the last failure than you are of the purpose of the new. The future, the future is bright. And his promise to you is he says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you'll call on me, I will answer. Just as the psalmist said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he answered me. You seek him, you will find him. You seek him, you will find him. If you seek him, you will find him. He will answer. He'll answer your call. He's not asking you to do it by yourself. He's asking you to do it with him. With him. Seek him. Seek him with your whole heart. Trust him with your whole heart. For my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But seek my way. Seek my thoughts. Align, align, he's saying, align. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.